I'm Dave Monaco, Alan Meyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to From My Angle. This episode will feature a recent conversation of mine with Andrew Linehan, Associate Director of Admission at Northwestern University. I traveled to Northwestern's beautiful campus in Evanston, Illinois, as part of a series of college visits I will be making during the 2017-2018 school year. The purpose of these visits is twofold. First, I wish to share with colleges and universities parishes' unique vision for preparing students for the complex global society. Second, I'm interested to learn more about what is happening in the world of higher education, especially in the area of admissions. Northwestern is among the most selective universities in the United States. In 2016, it accepted only 10% of its applicants, and more than 37,000 students applied. In 1989, just a generation ago, Northwestern accepted 41% of its applicants. These numbers tell an important story, and in this discussion, Andrew and I explore not only the priorities Northwestern officials carry into their admissions decision room, but also some of the nuance involved in the process and how families can carry a more balanced, realistic mindset into the college application process. I hope you enjoy this interview. So I'm here with Andrew Linehan, uh, Associate um, Director of Admission at, uh, at Northwestern, and he's uh, talking with me in general about kind of the four buckets that um, Northwestern uses when they consider applications. So let's go through your buckets. Yeah, so uh, so I kind of explain the admission review and kind of, you know, this, this four-bucket analogy or metaphor where, you know, you're the first, and this is in no particular order because mm-hmm. it's very much a contextual review, but the first bucket would be academics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where kind of the dialogue of, you know, where the, what a school might kind of entail or the makeup of a school would be, is, is, it doesn't matter because yeah. this academic bucket and this academic review is, is very much contextual, right? Yeah. So, so whether a school offers 25 APs or no APs, is independent of the student's performance within that environment. That's right. They need to excel and thrive and demonstrate their uh, capacity and capability in that environment. That's right. And we have the luxury of saying, you know, within this academic bucket, there's no algorithm, right? There's no a test score is worth this many points, a GPA, a certain GPA is yeah. worth this many points, a certain number of APs are this many so Let's add it all up. Yeah. It's literally the review of this bucket is from the context of this student's academic environment mm-hmm. Does the student care about academics and do they care about challenging themselves academically? And if it's an environment, which we get all the time, or not all the time, but we more and more frequently, is if it's an environment with no APs Mm -hmm. or even no grades, we are digging into what the school provides us to determine, does a student... Is the student doing well academically? What does that mean within the context of that environment? And are they seeking out some kind of intellectual rigor beyond just what a normal trajectory right. might be? Right? Are they are they curious enough intellectually to dive into subjects beyond what a normal high schooler might do? So right. academics is your first bucket. Second bucket. Second bucket. What you're doing outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that a depth versus breadth? Exactly. Right? So tell us about and that. And we're looking into depth instead of breadth. Yeah. That's what I say yeah. all the time. I don't need 30 different activities. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing 30 act- different activities, scale them back and get some life back. We're going to focus on the top <laughs> yeah. one or two, right? Yeah. And we're going to, depth can be a lot of different things. Depth can be longevity, right? I've been right. doing something for three, four, 10 yeah. years. That's yeah. depth to us. Depth can be, I have a nominal leadership role. I'm the captain, editor, president. Right. We understand what those mean. Yeah, like sure. you're doing more than Take just being a member of that organization. Sure. 
um, depth can be. I will. I don't even play on like I don't even get a lot of playing time on the soccer team but I'm on the soccer team in sophomore year I thought our uniforms were hideous and, and so I wanted to hold a fundraiser a yeah, to raise sure. money for new uniforms so yep. right, that's investment to us it's yep. crucial and some students don't think to put that on Just their application like that. sure and that's crucial information to us we're trying to predict the likelihood that especially at Northwestern like our value proposition is this well-rounded student right for like, sure. you're going to be intellectually engaged and curious and ambitious but you're going to want four years of quote unquote college and pre- I've, I've read president Shapiro said he wants folks that want to come here and make Northwestern better. That's right. right? And so you do, and you don't make looking, Northwestern better by staying in the library for 24 hours. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I mean, I suspect that means you're looking for evidence outside the academic bucket where kids somehow somewhere in one area have helped to Are, make something that's right. better than it that's was right. when they, when they the, they're going to care about instead of just using Northwestern as a means to get to wherever they want to go in life, they're going to care. Well, the four or five years or whatever they're here, <clears> they're going to say, Okay, my time building a solar car or doing debate or being civically involved in Evanston is just as important as for sure getting A's, quote unquote. Yeah. Yep. So all right, so um, academics, um, academics, essentially your passion, passion outside of the classroom. passion bucket. Yep. Um, third bucket. Um, demonstrated interest. This is a tricky yep. one because not all colleges have it, right? Um, so it's important for the, the student and the family to ask every single admission office that the colleges they're applying to, do you factor in demonstrated interest? And if the answer comes back, yes. The follow-up question is how, right? Because different stu- schools want it for different reasons. That, um, that means in, in short for Northwestern, early decision is, is, a, is a marker. It's one of the ways to of show a, interest. Demonstrated interest. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that is that's, uh, well-defined. You were a school that, you know, admits out of our 2,000 student freshman class, we want 1,000 of them to come from early decision because there's no better way engaging a student's interest in Northwestern than them signing a binding contractual agreement to come if they're admitted. Um, but, um, you and that know, would also be uh, your leading programs in business, in education, in journalism. That would be another area potentially that a student could demonstrate interest by citing those programs as, sure. as ones they could see would really influence yeah, their and, Yeah, and we're not going to review them necessarily based on For a sure. specific program, yep. but if they're showing, like, like there's a we have a supplemental essay that says why do you want to attend mm-hmm. Northwestern like that counts yeah. that counts for yeah. you know how much does this student know know about Northwestern a but b kind of as a as a add a layer to that how much have they thought of what they know about <coughs> Northwestern will help them yeah. right will help them get to wherever yeah. they want to go in life um, we measure contact we don't do it quantitatively mm-hmm. but like if we come visit Parish Episcopal mm-hmm. you know. D- did the student show up to that high school visit, right? And it's not a, one event is not a make or break, but we are in Dallas a lot, right? We have optional alumni interviews, we're at college fairs. And so a student from Dallas that has had zero contact with us is just statistically, it's improbable that they really want to come to Northwestern, yeah. right? Um, and that's and that's what we're doing when we when we have thirty seven thousand apps for two thousand spots in the freshman class. It's not about the two thousand best students; it's about the two thousand best students for Northwestern in, right? in that year. Actually. In that in that year, <laughs> not even yep. not even in some yep. sort of systemic and or composite uniform every year way. Exactly, but completely in different in every year. Specific in that specific but why? Year. Yeah, but why not every year get to at least get two thousand students that really want to be at Northwestern, yeah. right? And we'll never go above. <laughs> Of, like there's no there's no intention to go above 50% of the class early decision because we know that there's tremendous amount of attractive students in the regular decision pool it's just that a 50% benchmark for early just at least like let's get you know 
fill half of the class with students we know really want to be here. Okay. Um, but that's not going to change that much. So there's an admit rate skew. Um, if there are more and more students applying early decision like that, admit yeah. rate skew. Uh, I think it's really important to go back to something we spoke about before we, we um, started recording the buckets here. We'll get to the fourth bucket yep. in a second, yep. which is, you know, for the, for the North Dallas parent who's looking at their child applying to, to Northwestern with this past year a 10% yield rate understand of that 10%, right, when you take in legacy and alumni, you take in special talent students, be they in the arts or athletics at a Big Ten University, if you then take in an institutional commitment, which President Shapiro here has to uh, broaden access uh, to students who are, are Pell Grant recipients, that the number of spots in that 2,000 that you have to give is is, That's right. is smaller than 2,000 significantly. That's right. right? And, and, and so often now, and this is just an, this is just an, an, an education thing and a managing expectation thing, is that so often now there's physically nothing a family could do about, like, like if, if Northwestern's goal or initiative is to have 20% of the freshman class Pell and you are not a Pell family, there is nothing you can do about that 20% of the freshman class, that right? You yeah. can do as, as many community service hours sure. as you want and ace the SAT, yeah. there's just nothing you can do about it. The best thing families can do, and I'm, I'm a, my oldest is, uh, as the community parish knows, is a sophomore at Texas A&M who had 32 ACT, 4.0 GPA, had, had certainly broad options to look at, not all of which he got. UNC would have been his top, couldn't get in there ended up at Texas A&M, mm -hmm. the best thing families can do is to build a list that's broadly representative of schools that fit within a student's interest and affinity areas. Absolutely. Because those schools that are not at the um, sort of quote unquote elite level of acceptance that a Northwestern would be, might end up being a terrific place for your kid. Absolutely. But there are a lot of universities at a, at a slightly lower profile that would desire your student uh, immensely. Butler University was a great example, relatively proximate to us here in Chicago, right, Evanston. Um, my son um, had a very good opportunity to go there, and they really wanted him to come up. He ended up going to AM for a variety of different reasons. But look broadly as a family base, right? Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't focus that, and that's, and on that's, that narrow that's band That's all that managing expectations that's is, right. right? It's not saying that, that a Northwestern isn't attainable. It's not saying to, like, don't apply to Harvard if you really <clears> want to go to Harvard. For sure. But if you really want to do that, well, then, then just think to yourself, what do I really like about Harvard? Right, like, what are the actual characteristics that I really like about Harvard? Now, let's go find that in five other schools. Doesn't yeah. mean that Harvard can't stay number one on my list, yeah. right? It's just if if for some reason that lottery ticket doesn't <laughs> get cashed, yes. yep. right? Where am I? Where else am I going to be happy based on the things that I liked about Harvard? Because there yeah. are a lot of schools lot of that have characteristics that. like that, for sure. right? Even yeah. whether it's like an honors specific honors program, which that's within yep. you know a. You could like the intimacy of class sizes, and you could still go to a, a huge state school yeah. if you're in an honors program that has that intimacy that for it, you, yeah. right? So there's so many different elements. I say that to students all the time, like, like okay, like Northwestern is your dream school. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Like, keep that. Yeah, right. Right? We're we like that. Yeah. We, like, we like that. <laughs> yeah. We want you to come here <laughs> if you're admitted. But like... What do you like about North? Oh, because it's by Chicago. You really like it. Okay, okay. So let's, you know. Find another large there's, urban there's city. There's a lot of great. Find, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So we did the we had academics. We yep. did passion. We did uh, demonstrated demonstrate interest. interest. Let's do the fourth part. Um, and this is this is any form of communication we get about the student and their story. Right. So this is how, what we use for context. So this is the context and the story bucket. Right. So um, teacher recommendations, counselor recommendations, school profile a little bit. Right. Sure. Um, this is a kind of learn 
about the student's environment, um, an optional alumni interview will count for both the demonstrated interest bucket, but also um, this other bucket because it's uh, it's an alum writing us a report and have, has a little more time with the student to might maybe kind of extract some information that we wouldn't otherwise get on and the student's essay, a transcript. Clearly. The student's that essay also comes yeah. in here. Yeah. Um, all of those elements <coughs> that, that give us more of a story versus like hard copy, somewhat objective material, right? Um, and this is where we're just trying to learn about that student, right? A student it isn't necessarily less attractive if they only have, you know, two extracurriculars that they're fairly invested in and they have to commute two hours to and from school every yep. day, right? Like there are just so many different elements to a student's story that we want to be able to take into account. But the reality um, is the landscape today is is, uh, is a challenging one for parents when they're trying to penetrate the, the, the level or band of schools where, where Northwestern resides. But uh, we had a graduate uh, from here in the class of 2015 uh, in Shelby Kling, I'd spent some time with her. Um, couple nights ago in Chicago nice. as a matter of fact but um, we've had other really great kids fall on the outside of the of the except van but would you would you say in general that um, the Northwest University office knows Parrish well thinks Parrish sends good candidates to them as you review them certainly they're admissible by all all those buckets that we just described Absolutely. just in that given year they weren't one of the 2000 that 100 that fit the profile that you needed for that particular class 100 um, percent and and you know like like this is i think what um in a way a lot of, i mean not to stereotype private versus public but this is what a lot of the privates like a parish does well is it really kind of educates a student on there's more than just following a necessary like template right like yeah. we can enjoy learning we can kind of probe different areas we don't have to necessarily go off of you know, this is an A and this is a B and this is what class you're taking 10th grade right. and like electives aren't meaningful necessarily. Like there's a lot of different lot of things, things that, yeah. that, that just allow you to grow as a person beyond just like this, this fight to like yeah. kind of conform to a yeah. template. Right. And you see our kids living into, you know, living into, living into that. Um, yeah. And, for, and, for and, sure. and the, as, as weird <clears throat> as it sounds, there's the perception out there and, and the, this stigma of a template has been kind of driven by these highly selective institutions. No question. But in reality, the highly selective institutions, once you get into a highly selective institution, they're teaching all the principles yes. and all the concepts that a parish would be teaching. Yeah, they really right? want uniqueness. I mean, if I could if I could wave wave my wand, as probably I think a lot of college presidents and maybe, maybe your director um, and dean of admission would say, we'd like to make the... Uh, U.S. News and World Report list go away. We'd like to make right. the, uh, the the reliance on metric and GPA go away, but we've got to deal with the fact that that's partially a reality. The question is, you know, can we all work together to make sure that um, our kids tell the most um, um, kind of insightful and accurate story of who they are? Right. Uh, and as our schools try to do the same, to come and tell you our story. And, and again, the fact that Parrish is uh, a bit more entrepreneurial, a bit more progressive, it's great that you've got a, a school history yourself coming out of Ross on Long Island that was <laughs> a, a very non-traditional progressive program. Um, you don't see that as in any way uh, a, a potential um, negative for Parrish or future your parish graduates uh, so long again as we tell a compelling story and our kids tell a compelling story that's right and because because it's going not having the the conformity is going to force a college to not use the conformity if that makes sense Absolutely. right yeah. like uh, a school and, and northwestern has the luxury of not 
necessarily doing this, right? Not you know, the we're going to dig into every application about context, but a school that might not have the time to do that for every <coughs> applicant will still have to kind of figure out how to do that for parish, yeah. right? Um, it's the same thing with class rankings, right? Like a school that is fixated on we have to have a certain percentage of our freshman class in the top 10%, all of a sudden doesn't have to worry about that for a, if, if they really want a student from a school yep. that doesn't rank, yep. it doesn't matter if the student is technically ranked top 12%. If that high school isn't reporting yep. a rank, yep. that's perfect. perfect yeah. Because then we now we can focus on whoever we want because we're not reporting that. Yeah, and you shouldn't be reporting that. You should be targeting the students you really want to target, right? Um, so so I, th I think the more high schools go away from these like you have to have a certain number of APs. And granted, it's different for different contexts. Some high schools feel like they have to do it because of an in-state program or something, right? But there's got to be ways around that, yeah. right? And so I think, but, you know, kind of back to, like, how Northwestern was reviewing it, absolutely not. Like, we're digging into that context regardless of... And you just have a, such a wide variety of sending institutions and sending profiles. Exactly. Right? Private schools, public schools, charter schools, homeschools. We, we don't bat an eye right. if, if it's... An, if it's an environment that doesn't have 20 AP, if it's an environment that doesn't have any APs, right. we're doing, we're attacking that application the exact same as we would an environment that has 20 APs because an environment that has 20 APs, that AP class might not be as challenging as a normal class yeah. in a completely different environment. Yeah. The interesting and, element is the more APs that you have, the more you actually set your, your student up for that grist mill, because ultimately, if you've got 25 APs, Northwestern is going to look and say, well, how many of those did Sally or Johnny take, right? right. That's right. Because essentially, it gives, it, a, it gives us a benchmark for you, the context of that environment. Did that, did that child really take the most uh, competitive uh, class profile selection that the school offered? Sure. You see, and so I think one of the things that you know, heads of school like myself in the industry are, are realizing is that while the AP has its merits and it's collegiate based, uh, the, the reality is that the more you have, the more you compel your kids to take them, whether they're really genuinely interested in them or not. That's right. They're just taking them to That's take right. them. Uh, and then they're coming to a place like Northwestern and probably even with a four or a five, they may not get credit any longer, right? There's right. no guarantee right. uh, in colleges like back in the days in the late 80s when I went to college that if you got a three, you might get credit. Right. If a four or five, you almost certainly got credit. Right. Now. It's maybe a five. <laughs> maybe. So right. what's, at the end of the day, like, where do you want your high school experience to be? You want yeah. it to be about yeah. deep, uh, engaging, passion-based learning where you actually have some choice in, in the stuff that you're digging into more deeply? Or do you want to play some kind of transactional game? That you think is going to help you penetrate, That's right. and then yeah, and then and then at that point, like, what are you teaching the student, right? right? Like, like I don't want you to worry about getting credit at Northwestern. We want you to take four years of classes here because it's exciting, yeah. <laughs> and it, and you can come here and we, we have a flexible curriculum that you you can you'll be able to double major in four years, not overwhelming yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if you want to explore different academic interests, I don't need you to have. AP credit to do that, yeah. right? It, it, I, I as, as you kind of mentioned a little earlier, like I came from an environment that didn't even allow us to take APs, and I come in here and like everyone around me is like, oh, I've taken like seventeen APs and everything, and I'm like, well, whatever. I still have like flexibility, yeah. and I, 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 I actually appreciated like the unique class yeah. offerings because I had and as you gotten said, you, that momentum. Yeah, and as you said, you, you, looking back retrospectively on your high school experience, 
actually felt it to be still relatively joyful and engaging. Yeah. Rather well, than well, you like learning more, right? Yeah. yeah. Because right. because you feel more free. You feel yeah. like I can pursue. I can I can wander. It's okay to wander. It's okay. Like who's to say that you know my passion ended up being in journalism? Like why is a newspaper, yeah. quote unquote, elective? Any less, less important than, for me than right. the AP yep. American history, for sure, right? And so, um, so it just it makes you more free. It may, I, I, I just from a personal perspective, I thought that it made me appreciate learning more yeah. because I could, I could wander without having to feel like I had to conform to this template, and then actually gravitate towards things that I deemed interesting, yeah. right? Like I didn't have to. I wasn't being told, oh, I have to force myself into AP Calculus BC if I don't like math. Yeah. Um, and and ultimately, like, that's what a school like Northwestern is about, right? You don't have to, you know, really like math if you want to be an art history major. Kids can go in a lot of different directions yeah. here. You've got 12 college. there's 12 colleges, rough, roughly 8,000, 8 to 10,000 undergraduates. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so there's... There's a lot of ways to mix and match majors, um, right. feed into different uh, passion passion points. Um, and, you know, obviously some super strong graduate programs in uh, journalism, business, education. What else would you highlight uh, for uh, for a, a family curious about Northwestern? Is you know some of the top two or three things? Yeah, really I mean, like theater and music are both mm-hmm. kind of world renowned. Um, but you know, I mean, the liberal arts too. I mean, the the liberal <coughs> arts philosophies and principles are still there. It, every single student at Northwestern has a curriculum where obviously their major, you know, their major is going to be a chunk of their back to the bucket analogy, right? Like their major is going to be bucket number one to their undergraduate mm-hmm. curriculum, and whatever whatever program they're in, Northwestern is strong to your point. Um, but every student has this liberal arts core, right? And it's never telling you what class you have to take, but it, they want they have this liberal arts philosophy to be good at anything. They want you to be knowledgeable about a lot of things and they want you to be free within the arts and sciences Um, and then every student has an elective bank and that's this is the idea is we want to give you a chunk of your curriculum where you get to explore Mm -hmm. so the schools at Northwestern are not silos across campus mm-hmm. right like if, if i'm a journalism student and i want to take an engineering class i can go do that mm-hmm. i was completely musically illiterate i thought i thought about i didn't end up doing it but i thought about taking like an electric guitar lesson mm-hmm. here because we have a world-class music school yeah. so like oh you're gonna give me i can use an elective and go get <coughs> guitar lessons from a world-class music faculty mm-hmm. so like that's the type of student that's attracted to northwestern is that the type of student that understands that freedom that appreciates that they're going to want to they're going to be able to explore but wherever they explore they're they going to a world-class in. department yeah. too right yeah. like yeah. i knew yeah i was going to a, one of the top journalism schools in the country but if i went over to the sociology department i'd ended up double majoring in sociology i didn't know what a sociology was in high school yeah. um and i ended up double majoring in sociology i fell in love with it but that was a great sociology department or if i took a film class it was a great film department so um that's the type of student that's attracted to northwestern is the type of student that kind of understands that freedom that they're going to get this freedom um, really really wants to explore as a learner it sounds like they're going to they're going to be they're going to be super enriched and really challenged here thanks for this time andrew thanks for listening today to this podcast an interview with andrew linehan at northwestern university It should underscore for you Parrish's strong position in the eyes of the university. More importantly, it should affirm that our exploration of how to create an even richer, more balanced, and passion-based learning experience for our students through our reimagined vision 
remains very much aligned with the expectations of an institution like Northwestern. Thanks again for listening. Look forward to future editions of this podcast, which will feature my speaking to the community in the chapel space, some of my writing, and also, as in this edition, my visits to colleges and universities during this school year. 